don't think first about the risks of speaking up. Think first about the risks of not speaking up. Carrie Patterson. Bending Not Breaking. Season 2, Episode 8. The Chase. Guess what, everyone? We're back with another episode of Bending Not Breaking, and I'm so excited about it. I am, too. Yeah, I am Sunshine Mayfield. And this is Ben Pruitt. And this is Bending Not Breaking, and we're about to dive into Season 2, Episode 8, The Chase. But first, can we can we give thanks to someone? We sure can. We, it's, we do it every episode, but I, 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 I want to give more gratitude. Gratitude's my kind of attitude. It's the best attitude. It's also not just an attitude. It's like an action. You have to actually put gratitude into practice. Similar to love. And I love when we have Max Gongoware in the studio. Max, it's good to have you back, bud. It's so good to be here. You make us sound so good. I do nothing. You, you do a little... You, you do check more the than levels. Nothing. Ben whispers. I yell. You have to... Usually make I don't do anything sure, You have about to make that. sure that dynamics, you know. Mostly I'm just here to offer feedback after we're done. And to make sure no feedback happens during the actual show. See yep. what I did there? See what I did there? Because feedback's a thing that happens when you play with microphones and speakers and things. I like feedback. Feedback is a function of respect. That's a different form of feedback. Anyways, let's Beep. talk. Sorry about that. <laughs> Max, you have one job. <laughs> you have one job, Max, and it is not to do that into the microphone. Um, no, that was just feedback. Uh, well, anyways, so we uh, are going to look through this episode, The Chase, from a lens of accountability. That's right, folks. Which, let's talk a little bit about that. Let's talk about what is accountability. It's when you hold someone accountable. But that's when someone uses the word in the definition, and I find that silly. So let's talk a little bit about that. Not not the whole word in the definition thing, but what's what is being accountable? Hold me accountable to producing a better show and save me from this rant. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so for me, accountability is about making sure that when there are boundaries in place, you are taking action to affirm and hold those boundaries. And that's what accountability is. And to do that well, it's doing it with a strong back, soft front, and a wild heart. Yeah. Brene Brown. Don't know if you've heard of her. Oh my goodness. Every time. Every episode. Essentially, you're making sure someone's... You're holding someone to a series of expectations that are being set. Yeah. I think it's a good... Yes. That's a great way to do it. For Mm -hmm. sure. Well, let's talk about this episode, shall we? But, oh, before we do that, it is now time... For Max's uninformed recap. Recap, recap, recap. And recap. so we are going to do what we have been doing this season by giving Max the first scene, the last scene, and five key phrases slash keywords. And we are going to see if he can connect the dots from point A to point Z in each episode. Max, are you ready for your uninformed recap? Not until you give me all the things I need. That's fair. Let me let me make sure you have all the resources you need to be successful. Scene one. The gang is camping, and they discuss 
Appa shedding and getting a new coat of hair in the spring. At the end of the episode, the gang flies away after their battle with Azula, not knowing where she went. Your five key phrases are trail, sleep deprivation, lizards, injury, and sugar queen. Sugar queen? Sugar queen. I'm pretty sure it's sugar queen. It's sugar queen. Is that like right. a proud family reference? No, but that's what a good show that was too. We could do we could do a season on the Proud Family. There's too much content. There's so many good shows out there. All right. Your words again. Trail, sleep deprivation, lizards, injury, and sugar queen. Are you ready? You have 63 seconds. Sure, I'm ready. On your mark. Get set. Go. All right. Well, the episode begins with the when the gang is camping and they discuss Appa shedding and getting a new coat of hair in the spring. Um, and they are, they're having this discussion while they're walking. They're having a nice hike on one of those trails. Um, and so like they're talking about Appa and she's going to get some new hair and turns out that's actually a pretty scary conversation, which leads to some nightmares, which leads to some sleep deprivation. Um, but in having, in being sleep deprived, they have to go to the restroom in the middle of the night and they run into some lizards. Um, and in trying to not accidentally step on any lizards, they, uh, avoid injury, um, but they realize that a lizard uh, is there's a certain type of lizard that the, a species of lizard called sugar queens, and they actually taste great when camped when when cooked over a fire. Uh, it's like a sweet treat. Uh, and then the episode ends when the gang flies away after battle with Zula, not knowing where she went. Time, you made it. You did a good job. You were wrong on. Almost everything. Um, I might get some uh, sugar queen lizards on my way home. <laughs> it's a flavor of cookout milkshake. You, you know, don't knock it till you try it, I guess. I don't know. Someone tried to convince me that a peanut butter pineapple milkshake was really good, and I tried it, and I am knocking it. It is not good. You said at the time, <laughs> you said it was fine. I think it's fine, but I want my milkshakes to be better than fine. It's one of the worst milkshakes I've had. But like it was probably still pretty good. Like it's a milkshake. If it was, if someone brought me that milkshake, peanut butter fudge banana, I think Mm. I'd be fine with it. Like I'd eat it. Folks, by the way, cookout is a regional delicacy, home to uh, keyword delicacy. uh, Many southeastern part of the United States. I mean, really, just North Carolina, South Carolina, maybe Virginia, and Tennessee definitely has some. Okay. I don't, I don't think they're down into Moral Georgia or Florida Moral of the story yet. is that it's delicious and you should try it. Great milkshakes. Great corn dogs. Which, like, they're not, like, drinking milkshakes. They're You need a spoon to, like, yeah, to eat them. Yeah, that's definitely not. It's not really just, like, a strong. pint of ice cream, but... It's like soft serve. But it's good. Except softer than soft serve. It's good. There are options out there that are better for BLTs, though. Yes, absolutely. Sure. For sure, for sure, for sure. All right, let's, uh... I did the 30-second recap last time. Uh, Ben, it is your turn for the 30-second recap. Are you ready? Yeah, I think I can do it. And away we go. The gang sets up camp. Katara argues with Toph about setting up for camp. They try to go to sleep. They almost get there. Toph is like, no, 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 we're being chased. And then they try, and then it happens again, and then it happens again. 
And then they realize that they're being followed by Azula and her cronies. And then all of a sudden, they realize that they need to split directions because they're following Appa's hair. They go two separate directions. Appa goes one direction. The rest of them go the other direction. And then they all duke it out and eventually all corner Azula and Azula escapes. Stop. Your episode was easier to recap than the last one I had I to do. I think you tried to hit every piece of information, and I just skipped a lot of stuff. To be fair, there's not... I mean, you were you nailed pretty much everything. It is it is a very yep. simple episode. So you're saying I'm one. better at it than you are. Yeah. Yeah, I'll go with that. Same. You did a better job of recapping huh. this insanely short episode. It was the exact same length as the other episode. Less plot heavy. All the flashbacks Zuko had in the last one, there's all so I'm, much there. All I'm saying is that you said I was better. You are better at some things for sure. Oh, thanks, buddy. All right, I'll give you recapping. I'll give you recapping. Ping pong. Ping pong, I'm I'm better. No, you're all wrong. This when, is... when Ben and I play ping pong, I win more times than I lose. Y'all. Y'all. Anyways. <laughs> I would we're gonna we're gonna have an Instagram thing where we video us playing ping pong and show you <laughs> that's the type of producing i'm here for <laughs> well anytime any place i'm here for it i'm always down to beat you maybe when pong. we do a live show maybe when we get enough people following us that we can do a live show we can do that that could be fun wouldn't it be fun? those that weird talent that like has odd requests like oh our live show location must have a ping pong table yeah. yeah, that's a, that's what do they call it, a rider? Yeah. When you request for very specific things like only green M&Ms and a fridge full of uh, red tomatoes. Interesting choice. I don't know. Red I, tomatoes wouldn't be that hard of an ask. All right, y'all, I want to hold us accountable and bring okay. us back to Avatar The Last Airbender. But a fridge like most full of tomatoes red are tomatoes. red. <laughs> Let me try that one more I time. Think, like, I don't think y'all understand the mutual purpose <laughs> but, here. But like a fridge full, like I'm not talking a mini fridge. You have to fill the like whole Aang fridge in the with the episode where he's tomatoes. like, "Hey, y'all, we shouldn't argue." And then he like runs away and scampers because he gets you a big. You like a Kenmore guy or more of a Frigidaire? Uh, I would say Frigidaire. Frigidaire. I don't know. Is Frigidaire even a type of fridge, or am I thinking AC now? Well, Frigidaire is definitely something. Look, it cools something. It's either a house or food. I need an air conditioner full of red tomatoes. <laughs> I don't want. I don't want that. I don't want... That seems bad. All right. Uh, let's talk about Thanks this Thanks for completely undermining me as I tried to bring us back. Hey, I'm going to bring us back to the table here, y'all. Uh, let's talk about the episode. Ben... Sure thing, Alex. Accountability is a big part of this. And let's talk about that. Where did you see accountability pop up in this episode? I'm still nonplussed at the fact that... You... <laughs> Never mind. Plon nust. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, there's a lot of examples of, of accountability in this episode, really. I think the first major one we see is with Katara and Toph, right? There is a missed opportunity for a crucial conversation here. Yeah, I think that Katara tries and then is immediately shut down by Toph, right? Well, and I think one of the, the moments, to be accountable, you have to have clear expectations of what you are accountable for. I agree. And I don't think... Toph is set up for success in that. I don't think Toph handles it great, but at so the same time, I don't. She wasn't given expectations of what her role should be with the group. You're you're right, and it wasn't explicit. But as a viewer watching the show, did you know what Katara was asking? 
she was asking for help not specifically she hadn't gotten to that point she was very vague with it but she was asking for help setting up camp and unpacking and would you argue and think that everyone who was watching this show also perceived that yes so why didn't toff has she ever had to in her life before i don't know i mean like for like has she ever had to help in a group setting? She's been a part of this very wealthy family. So, and then when she hasn't been a part of that, when she was leading her double life, she was she wasn't working with that group. She was by herself. So I don't know if she's ever really had to work in a team setting. Before. Yeah, I definitely want to hark back to the voicemail from last episode with mm-hmm. Chris. Chris talked about this. He right? did. Um, the fact that she kind of grew up as an independent person because of her secrets she like had to keep secret the fact that she was an earth earthbender from her parents from the, anyone she was sheltered from anyone because of the fact that she was blind from her parents she was like like kept in a like a box so that she wouldn't break and so she just grew up as so independent because she kept everything to herself and now she's put in this space where she has to be where she has to work with other people and she's not having it she's like no no i'm carrying my own weight I'm doing everything for me. I don't need you to look after me. I'm looking after me. And I wonder if Toph perceives Katara's um, asking for help as infringing upon her independence in a way. Interesting. Do you typically view when you go out of your way to help others that it, it hinders your independence? I think that depends sometimes. And so how so? Cause I, I would argue for me, majority of the time me now, if it's like an independent, like it doesn't allow me on a time situation to go do something like me helping you is going to keep me from doing this other thing that I wanted to do. But other than that, and maybe I'm not thinking of all the reasons I would argue that I rarely view it as my independence as being threatened. Sure. In those moments. I have interesting relationships with my family members. And when I am put in a position where I feel like I have to interact with them and where I have to help them because they have put themselves in a position where they can no longer help themselves and I'm the only person who is able and willing, that's infringing upon my independence. Fair, yeah. It's infringing upon me wanting to be me because I've put in the work and the effort to be able to stand on my own two feet. And that they and my perception is that they haven't, and so it's infringing upon my independence to have to put in the effort to keep them standing. Gotcha. Yeah, right. I think that's possible. And I wonder if Toph is feeling something similar here. Well, and I, I think I, the way that I process this moment is very similar to when I ask a group of children to help pick up trash around a campsite or around yeah. an activity oh, area. Let me put the record straight. I agree with Katara. Toph should be helping out. Oh, yeah. No, <laughs> no, absolutely. Um, and, but, and so what is that answer when someone's like, this isn't my trash. I didn't make this mess. Why do I have to clean it You're up? You're so right. Um, you didn't. Like, in, in, my response is, correct. But we help take care of each other, and this is a space we're all using. And so even if someone didn't pick up their trash, we can be helpful and pick it up. And I'm going like, to positively give you recognition and reward you and give you a high five and tell you that you're being responsible when those things happen. But then you get a typical answer of like, this is my trash. I'm not cleaning it up. Yeah. Like, why would I do that? 
Well, and another thing that comes to mind, I used to be a part of a uh, com- like a community chorus kind of a deal where what would happen is it was expected that every person as a member of the chorus had to participate on a committee and put in work outside of just singing, which is why I joined. I joined to, to sing, sing. Yeah. to do these things. But in order to do that, I was also being forced to do things outside of the the chorus time to put in effort with emailing sponsors and doing all these other things. And I was like, this is not what I signed up for. You weren't clear with these expectations. These expectations were not clear. No. And frankly, they're being put on us after we've joined without any conversation, conversation yeah. or any sort of, so the expectations are changing after the game and I'm having to pay for this. And so now I'm having to pay to also work for this. It's, this is this doesn't seem right. And so when those expectations change, and that's that's something that's important to to underline in this conversation, when expectations change, your perception of the whole interaction changes. Mm-hmm. And it makes it hard for one party or another to engage with the other. Well, because like I so I agree with you on that, right? In that chorus setting, like you joined a chorus, you paid to be a part of it. They did not make those expectations clear. And that's exactly the way Toph kind of spouts out. She was like, I joined to be Aang's teacher. I left everything to do this. Now I've got to do even more that I didn't initially agree to. So, like, I get that train of thought. Yeah. How they interact with each other in those moments um, still, I think, has much to be desired. Do you know how old Toph is? I don't know her age off the top of my head. Um, I don't think because Katara's don't know if a what fourteen, age. Sokka's sixteen, Aang's what twelve. So I would imagine Toph is in the 13, 13 14 age as well. Well, Aang's one hundred and twelve. Fair, fair, touche, touche. Um, Toph is twelve according to yeah. So it, she's the same age as IMDb Aang. trivia, and she seems that young. Don't know if it's canon. My perception is that she's like, and so whether that's true or not, my perception is that she seems younger than Katara and Sokka. She is, and so apparently Katara only. So there are five characters according to the series from uh, IMDb that have have their age explicitly mentioned. Aang, one hundred and twelve, though biologically twelve. Zuko and Yue are 16, Toph is 12, and Tom Tom is 2. Those are the only characters that we get explicitly. explicit ages in, in the show. But it's fairly accepted that Katara is 14, and that... Um, a little bit younger than Sokka. Yeah, a little bit younger than Sokka, and older than Aang. And older than Aang. And Zuko is a probably... 17-ish. A year older than Sokka, yeah, maybe. I, they could be about the same age. We got the vibe. And Azula's a year younger than Zuko. Yep. We know that for a fact. So now that we've broken that down a little bit, my perception is that Toph seems really young in this episode. And her age comes through. And I think that it comes through in her inability to engage in crucial conversations. Right? Katara's age also comes through in that she's trying to have these accountability conversations, but is unable to do so in a way that makes Toph able to engage. Right? Yeah. So I know that you and I have kind of been waiting to bring this up, but there is a book that we have mentioned before on the show, almost guaranteed, called Crucial Accountability. 
and it's by the author, and it's actually by five different guys, but one of them is the, the author who wrote the quote at the beginning, Carrie Patterson. Carrie Patterson, Joseph Grenny, Ron McMillan, Al Switzler, David Maxfield. And this is a book where it is data-driven research that is uh, essentially come up with a model on how to hold others accountable. And the model is, in practice, phenomenal, and I can attest to that, having been using it for the past three or four years. 100%. Um, and I know that you've been using it as well, just to be clear. And so it is a phenomenal resource as a book, as a uh, training, and I highly recommend it uh, to anybody who's interested in holding accountability conversations. But what I want to do is, let's can we go over that model and then figure out what went wrong with Katara's attempt, first attempt with Toph. I would love to walk through it because it happened several times, right? So we can kind of look at the entire conversation on, on the whole and the way that she approached this and hopefully, you know, dive into a little bit of what yeah. could have gone better about that. So before the accountability, accountability discussion happens, you need to ask yourself, what is the conversation I should hold? And if I should hold it, if I should be the one who's having that conversation, um, what violation or violations should I actually address? How do I dismantle a, a bundle of accountability problems into its component parts and choose the one specifically that I want to discuss? Um, and so I have to determine uh, which issue to really talk about. Is it a content issue, a pattern issue, a relationship issue? Um, so what's a content issue? Content issue is the, the first time an infraction occurs, right? So talk about the content. It just happened. Hey, you showed up late. Help me so, understand yeah, what so happened. Yeah, so you showed up late. So what's a pattern for that then? Uh, hey, this is the fifth time that you've shown up late in the last two weeks. Yeah, so that's a pattern. It's now like predictable that you're going to continue to show up late. Lastly is relationship. How does that become a relationship problem? Hey, this is the pattern and how it's affecting everything around you and why it's an issue. Well, and so a better way to, for me for context of that is like my trust for you is now declining because I can no longer trust that you'll show up on time. Yep. Right. And that leads me to wonder if I can trust you doing other things. Right. And so now the trust is the issue. And so you have to have a conversation about that. So you have to figure out, is this a content issue, a pattern or a relationship? So, and for that to happen, the expectation needs to be clear, right? So for the example we used, you have to be at work at nine o'clock. Yeah. For Katara, it's the expectation of we're all here in this together. We all we're need all to help set in up this camp. together. We all need to help break down camp we all have roles that we should play even if we don't need everything um because you get that moment later on in the episode where ang even says like op has been carrying you which i think is like a really good point i don't think ang says it well because he's saying it as an attack well almost Aang is also but it's like, also like a realization like you couldn't do this on your own yeah op has had to care like you uh, the only like op we'll has get, had to do we'll this. get to that because i want to talk about that for other reasons too so that's so you got to decide what the issue is and how you have that conversation. And once you identify the issue, you need to make sure are you the person that's having that? Am I acting out of my concerns? Is this my conscious nagging me? Am I choosing the certainty of silence over the risk of speaking up? Am I telling myself that I'm helpless? What? Why are we having? What's the What's the issue that we're dealing with right now? Yeah, and so like ultimately. Toph feels like there's no issue because she's carrying, quote, her own weight. Whereas... I got my own food. Yeah, she's doing all the things. And I, so why do tent. I have to help everybody what? else unload their stuff when... I've already unloaded I've mine. I've already unloaded mine. Which is a reasonable argument. 
It makes sense. Like, logically, that makes perfect sense. Everybody gets their own stuff. But that doesn't account for all the stuff that's shared. Right. Right? Shared food. I got my food. Yeah, but, like, we share food. Yeah. Like, um, sleeping bags and stuff like that. Yeah, that's your own stuff. But if is it easier for one person to grab all four sleeping bags in one set, like, in one setting? Yep. Well, the next person... There's, there's ways to look at it. But, yes, you're correct. Logically... You get why someone has that argument. I make my own tent. I I've my made own that food. argument before. Why do I need to help with this? I've absolutely made that argument before. Um, and so what's the so we we understand what the issue is, right? Katara wants help. Toph isn't giving help. We understand that that is the main concern. Yep. Um, and there's a little bit of like misguided viewing of why someone should help or why someone shouldn't. Absolutely. Second thing you need to do is master your story. And I think this is one of the hardest things this for anyone. And really we see the hardest this, part. Yeah. We see this a lot, uh, even in this show, uh, specifically in this episode of, oh, you're lazy. You don't want to help. You're just you're like... Lots of blaming. Lots of blaming, right? We see that throughout the episode. And there, no one is mastering their story. No. Which is really asking the question, what well, is the most generous assumption that I can give someone in this moment? But I moment? think it's worth underlining that that's much harder when we are there's an acronym that i've mentioned before i think it's called halt hungry angry lonely or tired if we're feeling any of those things it is much harder to act inside of our values and right now they're tired it's at the end of the day this is the like they're unpacking at the end of a long day traveling and they're ready to set up camp and go to bed and they're only about to get even more tired and they're about to get even more tired which only exacerbates the issue exactly so, they're not able to master their stories. Correct. But for us as viewers, if we are handling crucial accountability conversations, we need to master our stories. We need to make sure that it's not personal. We need to make sure we're not giving attacks or attacking someone's character. But it's truly what do we do to make sure that we're giving the, the most generous assumption. And just not making assumptions off of things that aren't facts. That's right. Like, if, if, so if someone shows up late, hey, you showed up late. Help me understand why. And that's don't a, say, like, hey, I, I realized that you were lazy this morning. Yeah. <laughs> oh, did you oversleep? Did you forget to set your alarm? No, 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 no. Did you not leave on time? No, 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 Like those are all not us mastering our stories. And Correct. really the best thing is just to say, hey, I noticed you were late. I observed this factually. This is what I observed. And help me understand why. Yeah. So you need to master your stories, which again, we just don't see the gang do. And there might be many reasons why. Um, specifically they just get they're one they're not physically in a safe space no. as the episode goes on they're consistently being tracked down by the triad yep. um that's my little nickname for them i call them the triad i, I don't call know them why the gang no i'm talking about oh Tylee, azula azula's and, group and the triad the triad it seemed like it had a very sinister like meaning to it sure 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 um, sure, sure and so they're not in a safe space and they're tired and they're hungry yep and they're more tired and their mode of transportation and they're is getting con- angry is continuously getting more tired and they continue to get angry along the way so a lot of reasons why they're not able to master their stories in this moment now we got to start having the conversation we got to have this crucial accountability so conversation. all of those things were before you even before started you even start the, conversation. the conversation you need to make sure that you master your story you need to make sure you've identified what the actual problem is right um, that's big without making assumptions without thinking of anything else just master your stories and and identify what the real problem is 
All right. Then, then you got to make a safe space. That's the first thing. You got to start with safety. How do you do that? So this is, you said we're starting the conversation. So how do you start the conversation and create safety? Yeah, if you can create safety, you can talk with almost anyone about almost anything, right? If it's a safe spot, they need to know that there's mutual respect there and that you have mutual goals and that it's not a personal attack or uh, physically unsafe would also be a reason you can't have a crucial yeah, conversation. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and as we think about... It may not be the right time um, if you're being pursued by the triad also like if to you, have an accountability if you conversation. are having a, if you are having a conversation with someone and you are putting yourself in an intimidating body position or intimidating position inside the room itself or the the sphere that you're having this conversation is and it's not going to be very easy for that person to hear that and so to put that into like an office perspective frankly sometimes having an accountability conversation across a desk is really intimidating mm-hmm. sometimes it's much easier more effective to sit on the same side of that desk and i also want people to feel safe and know that like so i some conversations need to happen behind closed doors yeah or away from other people because you don't want to out the conversation for everyone and i don't want people to feel isolated or in a place where they don't feel like they can be seen by other people um want to make sure that like people feel safe physically um so just as much as it is emotionally People got to feel safe physically where they're at if they're going to hear the conversation at all. So you got to start with safety first. And again, our gang is not in a place of safety. Yep. So we need to restore that safety when we can. Um, and contrasting statements is something we talk about. Is something a way you can do that uh, is a contrasting statement. So hey, sunshine, I don't want this to come across as me uh, being better than you. But I, I, what I do want to do is make sure that we are on the same playing field and coming at it from the same perspective, right? Yeah, let's set the, well, let's, let's have mutual goals. So as a contrasting statement, it's I don't want this, I do want this. Yeah, and specifically, you'll get that in the example of um, if Katara were to ask Toph to help. Yeah. And Toph says, what, you think I'm lazy? Which she does at some point say that. But prior to that, she would have said, like, what, you think I'm lazy? You think I'm good for nothing? I don't want you to feel like you're. I, I don't want you to think that I think that you're lazy. Yes. That is not what I'm I saying. I don't think that you're lazy. What I am saying is that we are all contributing to the collective benefit of our moving forward and traveling together. And one of the ways we do that is by helping unpack and pack when we settle down at night and pack up to go in the morning. And I think that you can help us do that. And I don't think you're lazy for not doing it. Right. So like uh, when Aang tries to actually get in between Toph and Katara and says, hey, I think we all might just need to calm down. And Katara just like, I'm calm. Might have been a good time for a a contrasting statement. I'm not saying you're not calm, but he kind of did, I guess. So like that's a tough one. You kind of dig yourself into a hole when you say things like, we need to calm down. Hey, also, that's just never a good thing to say. Calm down. Calm down. Calm down. Just calm down. Calm down. Just calm down. No one has ever actually calmed down when... Oh, you want me to calm down? Cool, cool, cool. I'm calm now. I will now. be calm now. I'm so much calmer because you told me to be calm now. Yeah. So you want to restore that safety. You want to establish mutual uh, mutual purpose. Um, you want to speak in private Like, when what you do can. we both want? We both want our success we both both want want... to defeat fire lord ozai yeah and this is going to help us do that Mm -hmm. right there's a lot of ways to establish mutual respect that we just didn't even touch with katara and toph yeah 
Um, we want to share the path. So we want to start with facts. We want to talk about, uh, you know, what we're concluding or tentatively share our own story when we're leading into things. Um, and we want to ask questions and end with a question that says something like, hey, what happened? Or help me understand. I love help me understand. Oh, me too. That's my favorite one. Hey, you were tell late me today. More. Can you tell me more? Can you help me understand why that happened? Yeah, say more about that. Um, and so, again, in this moment, several moments are happening along the way where we really could have heard those questions from Katara. Um, to and Toph. S- and Toph, but I mean a lot... If the Katara's, impetus right now is on Katara. Yeah, she's the one trying to have the crucial conversation and hold Toph accountable. And so, uh, hey Toph, really want to... Our expectation is that we're all contributing to this and helping everybody. I know it seems like you don't want to do that. Can you help me understand what's going on? Is going to be a, allow for a whole... What do you mean? You think I'm lazy? No, I don't think you're lazy at all. I just want to help understand we've... I thought we set an agreement or an expectation that we would all help each other throughout this, and so I just want you to help understand. You never set that expectation. See, which is why it's really important to set expectations. you got to set expectations. Yeah. If I don't know that, then how can I help? Exactly. But even if that's the case, like, oh, no, that's that you're learning. If someone's saying you never set the expectations, you're learning. All right, now there's a reason, and you're listening. Here's the reasons why this work might not be getting done, because it can be two things. It can be an ability issue, or it can be a motivational issue. That's the key. That's like one of the biggest takeaways from this book and is we, that. And we typically think it's a motivational issue. When someone doesn't do the work that we think that they should be doing. I would say most Most of the people, time, we jump to motivational issue. Meaning they're lazy is a motivation. They don't do it because they, they don't want they don't to do want, it. They do it because they don't want to. Right? They're just lazy. Yeah. When you, really... You didn't it, wash the dishes because you didn't want to wash the dishes. When really it could have been an ability issue. I couldn't do this because of X, Y, and Z, right? And a lot of times that's really hard to see if you're so used to and locked into the idea of motivation. Yeah. Which is tough because it's really hard throughout this whole episode for me to see Azula from an ability standpoint versus a motivation standpoint. Well, and so part of that, um, we'll get into that later. Uh, but I've got questions about Ty Lee's like motivation around this. Interesting. And, and same with like, like Ty Lee comes off to me as a character who is genuinely pretty kind. Absolutely, um, not very angry, but is doing things and i'm curious as to why is it fear of what azula would do to her if she didn't do those things yeah how would you have an accountability conversation with tylee hey it seems like you're a very kind and compassionate individual um and i see you chasing other people and chi blocking them and i want to understand why so the only thing that I think crucial accountability would ask is that what was your expectation was also something. So one of those things they say is make sure you clarify the difference between what you expected versus what you observed. Yeah. Right? Hey, I see you that you're a really kind and really compassionate person. My expectation is you, that you're not chasing other people down. And My and, expectation <laughs> is that you and don't hurt other people, people and chase them, them down, down. Right. But I see well, that you are, and I, I'd love to understand why. And then Tylee's going to be like, <laughs> I imagine her like chirping up and be like, Oh, I'm just, I'm doing it to help Azula. Yeah, tell me more. (laughs) Why are you helping? Tell me more. Can you tell me more about why you're helping Azula? Um, Because she's threatened my family and my... (laughs) Yeah, like... (laughs) Because she's threatened to murder my entire family. Um, Because she's... You can't diagnose Azula, Ben. Okay. 
Um, but and then even May is kind of similar into like May doesn't I'm really so seem like bored with this conversation. Well, it's like well, she. It's like she doesn't truly. She's throwing knives at people. I thought when we would get to this part of the episode that it would not be boring, but it is. Yeah, right. So she's throwing knives at people, and yet it doesn't seem like she's truly trying to kill anybody. That she's kind of just in it for the fun. Um, I feel like she's in a like an adrenaline junkie and does what like what can she do to like get a fix of any kind of emotion? And period. murder might I, be that. I imagine that she loves horror movies and she's like, oh wow. First of all, I love horror movies and I'm not throwing knives at people. Uh huh. I'm just like I. I don't get the correlation. Have we not talked about this before? So I think horror movies are a way for people to get an emotional high and i think that that is a form of emotional pornography bear with me here sure emotional pornography yeah this doesn't feel like a personal attack i'm good this is yeah it's not against you it's against people who love horror movies it's not let me rephrase (laughs) it's not against anything but it's one of those things where it feels like it's a form of emotional pornography where we're trying to get a fix in any way that we can of something that we cannot experience in normal life that adrenaline high that happens during those things and for me it's a translation into may who is trying to get an adrenaline high at any way that she can and Maybe she's not trying to actually kill people. Maybe you're right in your generous assumption of her not trying to kill people is that she's just trying to, like, lock them in and, like, hold them down and capture them, which is what it does feel like. I think it can. She also, like, I mean, she's throwing knives, and easily any of those arrows and knives could, like, She's either so talented that she can miss on purpose. She can miss on purpose. But, like, redirect people. she's playing with knives. Yeah. And yeah moral of the story is i think that she is trying to get a high by fighting and doing these things so that she can experience some form of emotion because she is emotionally um struggling okay and so sometimes we put ourselves in allyship with people who we may not agree with or in situations that we may not feel safe just because we need that emotional high from somewhere Okay. Uh, I disagree on horror movies. I, well, here's and here's what I'll say. Like, I that's think, a real thing, y'all. Look up emotional I pornography. I think horror, some horror movies can be that. I think there are other horror movies that, um, when written well and done well, to be fair, can navigate let me, that. Let me not uh, just classify horror movies. I also think Game of Thrones can be seen as emotional pornography. Sure. I also see a lot of the graphic television that we watch today as a very clear potential for emotional pornography. So I don't think it's limited to horror movies. I think that horror movies are the best example. Some horror movies. Cool, 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 cool. I, yeah, I will, another episode for another time. Um, so yeah, so I think that there's, are we, are we accountable for our, our own behaviors and, and choosing right from wrong? Um, who's accountable for like, Ty Lee and May's behavior. Um, right now, it's just themselves. It's, it's, right? And so, if is someone, should someone else be there? Um, but that's just... I, I've, I'll, I was curious as I'm watching this episode. Like, what really is their reason for truly going after... One, Sokka and Katara aren't the Avatar. They know that. But, like, they're traveling with the Avatar. 
Ty Lee is not killing anyone. She's chi blocking them. She's chi blocking them. But what would have happened if Appa didn't swap his tail down and like send them flying? It's a great question. Like what would have been the next step for that? My the story Capture? I'm telling myself is that they would have tied them up and held them down for waiting for Azula. Yeah, and then Azula would have killed them. That's a very generous assumption of Azula you have there. So. Mm. Um... Anyway. All right. So, uh, so as we're going through, we have these conversations. We make sure that we're listening and responding uh, with empathy and that we are identifying is it a motivation problem or an ability problem. Um, and then we figure out how to solve that problem by making a plan. Um, we let them solve their own problem because they're most proximate to the problem. Right. We don't say, oh, I see that you are addicted to this emotional pornography. Have you uh, thought about seeing a therapist? We don't prescribe them a therapist. Like we don't give them, and we don't diagnose one, and then two prescribe. That's not okay. Yeah. Instead, we say, "Hey, I notice this. I see this in you. Do you see this too?" And then they will affirm or deny. And if they do, then it's saying, "Okay, what do you think the best way to, to, move forward to handle is. that is? How do right. we move forward?" Because you and I both see this as not aligning with expectations. What can you do? To move forward. So what what do we see in Katara and Toph? Because honestly, that's a big... Them running is a thing. Yeah. Them discovering Appa's hair shed is giving them away on the trail. Yep. Is a thing. Yeah. But really, the episode falls a lot around navigating the relationship between Katara and Toph and Toph and the gang. Yeah. That's a majority of it. Um, And so... Adding someone new to a really well-formed trio? Hard. Yeah. Very tough. And so we get this moment where Toph goes away because the conversation hasn't been going Yeah, she's well. over it. It's not safe. They haven't had a good crucial ability conversation. Well, she's just being yelled at by not one now, but two. Correct. And so she bails. And then immediate regret from Aang and Katara. That's what I love about this show. Is Quick the, resolutions. It, well, it's not that. It's just the emotional awareness that the characters have. Mm-hmm. I don't think, yes, that is a quick resolution. But I think it's because they have unreasonable amount of emotional intelligence for their age yep and as soon as she's gone ang is like ah i like the the emotional hangover that he just has is shocking and i got my only teacher and i messed it up and he like the immediate like that amount of regret and the vulnerability go run i don't need you well yeah and the of the vulnerability with which he's able to like embrace that mistake is really touching mm-hmm. yeah if that's why this show is so good and then we see after chase scenes and things like that yep we get tough iroh moments with uh three or four just beautiful uh iroh one-liners oh yeah um and a good one-liner from Toph. yeah the final yeah you should let him know that you need him too yeah that's big you need his help too because you get uh you get some of our favorite quotes um comes from this one there's nothing wrong with letting people who love you help you mm. Mm. which is a a stellar mm. stellar quote it's just so good we also uh get sharing tea with a fascinating stranger is one of life's true delights mm. i think another great iro quote mm. mm-hmm. so we get some good ones uh, and then we get a little tough quote which is also fun so, some good one-liners, but ultimately Toph sees 
she says like you've helped me your words have helped me and i think this is really the first episode where we see zuko and the gang and iroh really on the same side against azula Mm -hmm. right and i think this is like well it really is almost the halfway point frankly but it's one of those things where like this is the the shift we want to see in zuko and we start to see in zuko and this is really the first episode where we start to see that in action Mm -hmm. and i think that's really interesting yeah we get this final battle that's just absolutely non-stop yeah there's air bending fire bending earth bending blue fire bending boomeranging there, there's theories around why azula has blue fire versus water bending standard fire yeah um, there are theories about that i don't know them we can look into them if you know them tweeted us bnb underscore pod that's twitter and instagram we're not experts we want your help. I don't know why she's got blue flame. I would say it's just for contrast, but there's plenty of fire on fire fight scenes that like don't have that. Is she just that, that first powerful? Agni Kai, right? Yeah. Is she just is she that Agni Kai? Is she just that powerful? Where I don't I see for she me, she just, just just her flames burn hotter when they're because they turn orange. You notice that they turn orange after a short period of well, time. Well, fire turns orange. Well, exactly. Right? It's so not... like it's so. Is it coming out with her at such a temperature that it's blue when it starts and then quickly turns orange because that happens in this episode well yeah and like blue fire is hotter fire that's what i'm saying so is she just that much stronger so that's what they're alluding to is that her flames come out hotter that's definitely like we could probably spend another 30 minutes digressing and max doesn't want us to do that well i don't he's trying to keep us on track really hold us accountable please stay on track y'all thank you max so yeah, what else do we need to tackle on this episode? Should we recap kind of what makes a good crucial accountability conversation? I think, sure, except I think it's, let's break it down into easier to understand, right? And so easy to understand for me is, first thing we have to do is identify what the real problem is. Yep. Not what's the content of the issue. Because a lot of the times it's, we're not, we don't have an issue with the content. A lot of times we have an issue with the fact that it's either a pattern or it's affecting the relationship. Yep. And so knowing the difference between those three is really important. Then once you've identified what the problem is, master your, story. master your stories and tell your, what's the most generous assumption I can make about this content issue, this pattern issue or this relationship issue. Mm-hmm. Once you've identified what it is, it's clarify it with a, a gap statement, meaning what is the expectation? What is the gap? And then how do you put it into words? This is what I expect. This is what I observe. Help me understand what's happening. Bingo. This is what I expect. This is what I observed. Help me understand what's happening. Make sure you're making it safe. And then make it safe. Say, hey, I want to make sure that we can have this conversation. I want to make sure that we've set it up emotionally, physically to have this conversation. If they start to become defensive during that conversation, try using that uh, contrast statement. I don't want you to feel like x y and z but i do want to x y and z right and then once you've done that diagnose in a way that is okay whether it is an ability issue or a motivation issue once you figured that out solve help, the problem help them solve their own problem correct right do not solve their problem for them correct instead it's hey i noticed this you've said this how do you want to move forward right and then follow up 
make sure that once you've set what that is, follow up with that person and say, hey, I noticed that you've been doing this for the past week. I really appreciate it. Or, hey, I noticed that you set this as a goal last week, but you haven't. Can you help me understand why? And then start over, right? How this episode could have been completely different had that conversation happened. Um, would they have had more time to sleep if they had had... If they had set up faster, I don't know. It seemed like things happened pretty fast. Would they have had more sleep if they took turns sleeping on Appa while they were traveling? That's and that's what I'm wondering. Like Appa could only go so far, but they could have flown. Could at least one of them have slept further one of the and time. Then like yeah, because you see it happening. I don't know how long they're in the air before they go to each campsite. Um, other one big question. It lasted the whole night, so it yeah. had to be a while, right? And, and we see it in a thirty-minute episode, but they're, um, yeah. I'm just curious as to what that would have looked like. And then maybe someone had a, if, uh, you know, I don't think Azula would take well to crucial conversations. That's because she's a person who has bad behaviors. She makes poor decisions, and uh, sometimes it we observe that maybe she doesn't feel like she needs to... Enjoys the pain of others. Yeah, okay. Nailed it. Anything else that we want to talk about in this episode that happened, uh, especially when it comes around to holding people accountable? Yeah, I think that it's really easy to get into when you are trying to hold someone accountable or when you're being held accountable. It's really easy to sink into what is called the blame game. Oh, we see a lot of that. And that's just rampant in this episode. Yeah um and so i just want you would have helped we would have slept more yeah well and just selfish and you sugar queen and then name calling and then there's just a lot that happens appa's the reason that they're tracking us all of this is his fault and then ang defends appa and then it's just all breaks loose well because again i think it shows you that like even when you think that you're doing this by yourself you 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 aren't yeah you aren't someone along the way is giving you help at some point and I think it's really powerful that Aang doesn't blow up about him. He blows up on Appa's behalf. Right, because Appa right? can't. Because Appa can't. And I think that's really powerful and really representative of Aang, frankly. Um, Sticking up for that others. That he gets angry for Appa, not for himself. So those are just things. We don't. I don't want to dive into all of them, but I, just, I think those are things worth lifting. All right. Well, we have another voicemail. Ooh, and then we'll jump into our weekly this. devotion. Max, do you have anything that you want to add to the end of this episode before we jump into our voicemail? Not at this time. All right. Well, we will be right back. You have reached the voicemail box of... Bending, not breaking. Please leave a message after the tone. Hi, Sunshine and Ben. Uh, my name is Sarah. I want to first say I love your podcast and appreciate the perspectives you both bring to the lenses each week. It's a really fun way to engage in these topics and see how they're manifested in a show that I really love. I do have a comment about the first episode in the second season, the self-care. There's a lot of discussion in this episode about what self-care doesn't look like and also how each of you have work to allow yourselves to know your own worth and that's a huge proponent of what you both view as self-care. I'm wondering if you have any concrete examples of what self-care actually looks like for both of you specifically and what resources you have found useful in your exploration of self-care. Wow, Sarah, thank you so much for your voicemail. Um, Self-care is tough for me, um, but I want to 
do my best to answer your question. For me, I think the self-care uh, comes in waves. There are moments where I do really well, and then there are moments where I don't. And the times when I know I'm feeling my best are when I have exercised, when I have been creative in some way. And so that for me looks like cooking. Uh, that's a form of creativity for me. That looks like playing the piano. Um, it looks like podcasting. And those are all ways for me to be creative. And I feel better when I have been able to have that outlet. And so that's a form specifically of self-care for me. And the resources I would share around self-care, I hate to be a broken record, but I read a lot. And a lot of the books I have read have guided me towards a greater sense of understanding around what I need. And a lot of that has come from Brene Brown. Um, but first and like, well, I guess not first and foremost, but I should have started by thanking you for your voicemail. And I really appreciate um, your willingness to contribute to this episode by asking that question. And now I'm really interested in what Sunshine has to say. Yeah, I think for me, uh, time with friends, like intentional time with friends and anything I can do where I continue to to learn and grow. Uh, and so honestly, uh, and ben, I know Ben already said it, but like doing things like this podcast is a way that I, I get to do both of those things. I get to spend time with friends and I get to push my boundaries on what I know and I get to watch uh, Avatar and I, I think I really enjoy watching um television and, and movies and so i get to watch avatar with a purpose uh which is really nice uh versus throwing on my favorite reality tv show and watching that uh or um mindlessly watching like episodes of the office non-stop right like that to me is not self-care but if i were to watch episodes of the office and do a podcast about it about things that i'm learning from it i think that very well would be um, so I think that's where the fine line is and what that looks like for every single person, I think is very different. Um, but as long as we're not using it as a thing to numb, but as a way to engage and engage our minds and, um, our hearts, I think that that's when things like that very well become self-care. And so I think that's why this podcast has done that for me. I, I really do find this as something that I really enjoy doing each week and, and researching and looking up and looking at fan theories and, picking lenses with Ben where Ben's doing most of the lens picking, but I think those are all things that I truly find uh, fulfilling and find help rejuvenate me and help me take care of myself. So thank you for asking that question. Um, and feel free. I, I really enjoy that you asked about a, an episode that was in the past. I, um, I think we have listeners who are catching up as things go along. And so if you are want to ask questions about things that popped up in the first season, feel free. We will still love to have those on here. Um, and email those voice memos to thearchivy at gmail.com. We would love to hear what you have to say. So thank you, Sarah. Um, appreciate you taking the time. We're going to jump into our devotion, and we are on water. And we're looking at that through a lens of accountability. That's right. And you get to go first, because um, I went first last time. So mine is very simple. Great. Uh, and I, Simple's fine. Yeah. I My betterment uh into self-care but into things of especially holding myself accountable is i need to drink more water um that's it i'm not doing a good job of that i went to the doctor recently and 
I was dehydrated and I need to drink more water instead of coffee. And so that's it. That's my goal for this week is to drink water. Um, and how are you going to hold yourself accountable for that? I think I might put little reminders in my phone. Um, yeah. There's, I think I might. There's an app for it, there's actually. There's definitely an app for it. So if 64 fluid ounces is what your goal is a day, there's an app that you can track it. and um, But even just keeping track of it. But then putting at 5 o'clock a little alarm that says, how much water did you drink? Or yeah. an alarm at 12 that says, hey, are you drinking water? Um, I live and die by my Outlook calendar pretty much during my Me work week. Me too. <laughs> Everything is in there. Everything personal is in there. Everything, my to-do list is in there. Same. I set off times in like 15-minute blocks, and so I live and die by my Outlook calendar. So adding a nice little, hey, it's one fifteen. drink some water. Hey, it's two fifteen. drink some water, like could easily go in there, and that would be helpful. Nice. So yeah, drink more water. That's mine. I love that. Um, mine's a little bit more uh, metaphorical. Um, one of the things I thought about when I thought about accountability is uh, how water is fluid. And so water can be a gas, water can be a liquid, water can be a solid. And sometimes in accountability situations, you need to be one, the other, or all three throughout the conversation. Sometimes you need to have a strong back. Sometimes you need to be a nice, need to have a nice soft front. And sometimes you need to be able to be thin and wispy and be able to get through and, um, be able to take a defensive brunt if you need to and let just things blow right through you. And so all in all, I want to be flexible and be flowing and go with the flow and not be so rigid that I'm not defensive when others get defensive, that I'm not um, self-righteous when I tried to hold others accountable. I just want to be fluid like water and go with the flow and um, still stand by my values and so that's kind of where i am thinking about water and that's what i'm going to try and think about this week very nice what are you going to do this week as the viewers or as the listeners sorry not viewers this isn't a show i mean avatars there's not really anything to view um there is on our instagram and on our twitter so follow us at bnb underscore pod and then let us know what you're going to do send us an email to the at gmail.com and you can do that in a voice memo as well and we'll throw you on the show max you got any plans for the week anything coming up Nope. Insightful as always. We love having you here, Max. Thank you so much for producing this and making us sound good. I'm Sunshine Mayfield. This is Ben Pruitt. And you have been listening to Bending Not Breaking. Thank you for listening. Y'all the best. Okay, goodbye.